Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me, it's Nikki and Richie Rich. So most of my friends, even the ones that still believe in the state and, yeah. and use the systems, they they're kind of on. You know, they're like, hmm, this doesn't seem quite right. Maybe they're not all the way there yet. Yeah. But I don't think I have any friends that are like, well, maybe I have a few that are like fully bought into the system. Like we could not survive without the government. The government's good. Military's good. Right. I might have a couple of people like that. But there's there's several people yeah. in my social circle from back in the Seattle area that are full on like. No, we got to have the government controlling these bankers. And it's like, uh, yeah, you're kind of missing the point, bro. You know, yes, banks are evil, central banks specifically, uh, but it's the government that has the guns, right? So whether the government's controlling the banks or the banks are controlling the governments, that's really irrelevant, right? But they don't recognize government as the enemy. They recognize government as the thing that's going to battle on behalf of the people to the evil banks, when yeah. like no, they're in bed together. They're the the government banking cooperative is the reason why humanity is suffering. So well, a lot of people are you know anti corporation, right? right? They don't like corporations, That's right? But they don't ever think about the United States as a corporation, right? Which it is. Yes. So I also don't like that corporation. Yeah, and like if there's one corporation that has the largest monopoly yeah. on well anything, uh, that is the one. The so. one to rule them all. I uh we're 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 kind of celebrating something today as well. I didn't Uh-oh. tell you guys about this. Uh or I'm kind of celebrating. You can join me in the celebration if you Ooh. like. Uh technically tomorrow oh. uh it's Labor Day. Okay. Right? Uh technically tomorrow since I'm not on the show tomorrow uh would be my 4 year free talk live anniversary. Wow. Nice. Well, happy anniversary. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy about that. And happy anniversary to you and Ian. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we actually talked about that on last night's Free Talk Live, that, that Ian also- It's a weekend celebration. M- yeah, moved I'm the show on a Labor Day weekend, right? You know, 22 years or whatever it was. Uh, and then um, something else happened, too, on, on the Labor Day weekend that we talked about. Uh, wait, that was, wait, hang on, I missed that. What happened on Labor the Day also? Show the show moved from Florida from Florida to oh, Keene, New Hampshire cool. on the Labor Day weekend well, as well. So happy anniversary to Ian and Keen. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And, and only missed like one episode during that whole moving process. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. Okay. Yeah. So like broke down the entire studio yeah. after a show, yeah. skipped a day, and then was back live like the next day. Yeah. Honestly, not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, impressed, uh, but not surprised. Yeah, once you get to know Ian, you're like, yeah, he can totally pull that <laughs> no, off. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if anybody can, he can. You mean yeah. you didn't have it up and running the next day? Yeah, <laughs> slacker. Yeah, you didn't just do the show from your car. <laughs> Mark probably floated that. Can't we just do the show like on the drive up here? Mark would not have floated that. <laughs> well, it would have been easier for him, right? You know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm kind of. Uh, I don't. Like, I don't really like to use the word celebrate. Like, it's okay. it's a marker for me uh, in that, you know, hey, I've been doing this for four years now. I mean, you can have an anniversary and not celebrate it. Well, I mean, what I would really like is for me not to feel like I need to do this anymore. 
Oh, what? okay. You know, be on the radio and blab about how much the state sucks and oh, okay. how much humanity uh, is overlooking or you know overestimating the necessity of this organization of violence that is commonly referred to as government. Uh, I would like for that, you know, if that all goes away, then I'll be like, I don't really feel like I need to blab on the radio anymore. Sports and, talk, and you know, yeah, something else. It, I, you know, I, who knows what that future would look like concert reviews but that future is not now right and i still feel like this is necessary that people still need to hear the message of freedom and liberty and peace and uh, anti-statism and you know voluntary cooperation and consent in all matters consent in all matters mm-hmm. and like it should be enough for when you tell somebody hey uh, the organization you call government violates consent that yeah. should be enough for everybody to go, well, yeah, it's a horrible organization if yeah. it does that, right? Right. Talk about the Me Too movement. Yeah. And, and like, so everybody can recognize consent in, like, sexual relationships, mm-hmm. right? That seems easy enough for most people to grasp. They just can't get their head wrapped around it when it comes to uh, an entity that forcefully takes from them uh, on their paycheck. So here's the, here's the unfortunate thing with that whole scenario, right? Because... What it really is, is a justification for the violation of principle. I've never seen more human beings come together than at a time of catastrophe, right? Okay. Uh, this is evidenced by, oh, I don't know, yeah. uh, an earthquake or a hurricane. I right? donated zero to charity right. during all those and, natural disasters. And you should be able to not donate. You okay. know, Maybe you don't want to. Maybe right. you don't give a crap. Maybe don't. you don't have the money. There's a whole bunch of valid reasons yes. not to contribute to these things. But most people, uh, when it comes to a time of catastrophe, will jump in and assist, as we've seen during natural disasters and even unnatural disasters. Right? Yeah. People come together to help other humans. Right. It, it is part of a large part of human nature. It's not all humans. Right. But the, the thing is, is that people have the ability to opt out if they want to and opt in if they want to. And that's where government is different. Right. Government doesn't allow you to opt out and forces you to pay. And they take a hefty chunk off the top for themselves before they hire some other people to render some aid. Right. Maybe. Right. And then do a poor job of it. And what one of the other FEMA. issues. One of the other issues, if you if you think about it as a charity, right, if the charity is giving out handouts for aid, right, you will you will have an abundance of people lining up to take that handout yeah. if they don't have to put any effort in for it. Yeah. Yeah. And the minute you the minute you require the effort, right, the the line shortens, right. And so you have to you have to balance the amount that you're giving to charity or the what the charity is doing. Yeah. With People who are going to take advantage of that charity and those generous contributions. Right. Right. Like, you know, the, the, with the state system in place now, the welfare cliff is real. Right. People, people get the benefits and they can't get out of it because mm-hmm. as soon as they hit a threshold, yep. they make slightly more, but they lose so much. Yep. Right. And charity solves that um, if you're not doing it as a handout. Right. right? But right now, people in, people in those situations, they can count on the state with a handout that they don't have to do anything to earn. Right. Yeah. They don't even have to beg. They don't even have to beg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you fill out a form? Yeah, I have all day to fill out a form because I don't work. Right. Right? And then they get the free handouts. Right. And, well, uh, free to them. Yes, yeah. free to them. Free to them. But uh, that, And that's another thing that people forget, right? 
Uh, people are like, oh, I get free stuff from the government. No. Nothing's free. No. That's the thing. Y- you get stuff paid for by somebody else. Yeah. Not you. And right. and the person or persons whom that money came from did not consent yeah. to you getting that free stuff. So I was really upset during you know the whole pandemic because I was working as a CNA, right? So meanwhile, you know, we were very short staffed. I'm working like 16 hour shifts every day. Everyone else is horrified of COVID. You know, everybody's either working from home or they have time off of work. People get, you know, they're collecting all these benefits. And then I find out that people are actually getting extra money. Yeah. All of a sudden, where where is this? Ex- not on top of their unemployment. They are getting extra money from unemployment. Yep. So me, who's being taxed, who is actually working overtime, it, like, oh, healthcare hero. Oh, I'm, I'm taking care of COVID patients. I'm a hero. Thank you for oh, service. really? Okay, so I'm a hero, but you're giving all these freeloaders an extra 500 bucks a week. Oh, and forget it. If they have kids, they're getting even more. And I that kind of just, you know, peeved me a little bit. Because oh, I'm yeah. like, so why am I breaking my back working like 70 hours a week right now? Because mm-hmm. you stand on principle. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you know... Typically, like when we're talking about the state and welfare and all that, I'm not as mad at the recipients as I am at the system. I'm like, and you know what? I'm like, if you can collect unemployment and get extra money, I'm kind of like, well, why wouldn't you? I I kind of understand it. Um, I I do think those people are obviously not principled. Uh, To me, I feel better being a productive member of society and not taking like... Well, slimy, dirty money from the from the Fed. Un- unemployment but. specifically is you getting a refund of money that's already been taken from you. Yes, because, and, and because that's, as it's it, unemployment well, insurance, it, it, yeah, that's what they call it. It's yes. it doesn't quite operate like insurance does, but um, it is certainly uh, there is a fund that anybody who works, uh, you know, some money gets taken out of their paycheck and it goes into this fund. And so, if you find yourself in a position where uh, you didn't get fired, but you don't have a job, right? Yeah. Uh, like you've been laid off, part of a reduction in force, something like that, uh, that you can then collect unemployment. I don't, you know, anybody who does that, I'm not looking down on you yeah. uh, because you've paid into that thing, you know, assumably. Well, and people have paid into Social Security and they get their taxes taken for any number of things, so why not get it back? We have Tim in Florida calling Tim. You're on Free Talk Live. Well, Skeeter's had a one-hit wonder for a while now regarding the uh, subjective theory of value, which he transverses a bunch of definitions on. But, uh, well, the thing is, he um, he brought up, uh, I guess he wants to start a band called Ian and the New Hampshire Freeriders, <laughs> but I think he should actually call the band Skeeter and the California Freeriders because the reality is uh, states like my own, Florida, also Texas, California, so it's not just Democrat states. Uh, but we are such a leech on the rest of the nation, and you've got a state like New Hampshire, which is barely paying anything into the federal government. Well, and I think I'm, that— I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I got it backwards. I got it backwards. I think California is a net payer. Yeah, California is a net payer, but we're a net donor. There's some other term for that. Okay. Where, like, New Hampshire pays more— to the federal government than it receives in, in any sort of benefit. And I think California's in that same category. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that, but that's what I meant about New Hampshire. You, you guys are not actually taking more than you're paying in. 
so I, I always assumed California was taking way more than it's paying in. There's a lot of wealthy people uh, in California. That's true. Right. But and usually, big, usually they know how to avoid the taxation, or at least you know a good chunk of it. A good chunk of it. Yeah. But again, that's that's where a lot of industry is, yeah. right? The whole tech industry, the movie industry. Yeah. You know, all your millionaires and billionaires. Well, until like Elon left. Right? That's that's where they're at. Yeah, that's true. Well, when it comes specifically to uh, what Peter was talking about, where, uh, well, California's in a much better position to succeed. Um, I yeah. guess this was a few weeks ago. I've been catching up. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know that they are if they are depending on the federal government for their defense, because when I lived in California, all I saw was uh, federal military infrastructure, uh, munitions, you know, wow. you'd have the, the jet fighters flying overhead all the time. I mean, it was a very military state. Yep. And uh, To be fair, you're not going to have a – I don't think there's any state with, like, a state air force, right, or a state exactly. navy. And, like, no, no, no really state has that infrastructure. Yeah, and I, I don't think California could afford all of their programs without the federal government. I really don't, so – but didn't we just establish that they're? Uh, I mean, I suggested no. it. No one else actually verified it. Yeah, no. I, I don't know enough I would like to, to verify that. Yeah. Well, let's Google it while you guys are talking. Then. Yes, become a part of the cult of the magic, magic rectangle. rectangle. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes, join us. Uh, so, uh, so in Florida, you're saying that you think Florida is also a net payer? Uh, well, I think that Florida takes more from the federal government than it gives. Than, I mean, I would assume that most yeah, states yeah. do, but normally you you think of the more like impoverished states, so like Alabama, Mississippi, places that don't have as much you know urban activity, things like that. Um, I don't think they do. I don't think they do as far as the state. Now, when you when you're talking about individuals on uh, some sort of government assistance, maybe. Are we talking about Florida now? Yeah, well, I'm talking specifically about, not specifically Florida, but uh, I think they call it federal awards. Mm. So I'm not talking about, you know, Social Security payments or Medicare payments, but the the funding that actually goes to the states, you know, for infrastructure, for state. Yeah. Right, and here's your money for roads, and here's your money okay. for this. Yeah. Right. Here's, a, here's a quick little quote from an article from 2017 from PolitiFact. Without a doubt, California is a donor state to the federal treasury. California's uh, new attorney general told NPR in January, we always, ex- as taxpayers in the state of California, pay more in taxes than we get back to our state. I mean, which kind of makes sense because especially in Southern California, you are, I mean, maybe throughout the whole state, but in a lot of areas in California, you have some very wealthy people. It's extremely expensive to live there, you know, as far as like the housing market goes and groceries. I mean, when I was in California, I was in like Northern Los Angeles County and I was not in a wealthy area by any means, but it was like the, the sales tax was ridiculous. Unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Charlotte Hall. Hi, Charlotte. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Thank you. Uh, I've been listening to you for a long time now, and uh, I just wanted to know how Ian is and the girl that had to go to jail. I can't remember her name. Aria. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, her. so I, I yeah. can speak to I'm Aria. I'm calling uh, from Cleveland, Tennessee, WGOW, uh, out of Chattanooga. Awesome. Uh, thanks. So I actually Did you just ever hear him? anything about Chattanooga. Oh, I uh, I only that she had a choo choo. You know? 
<laughs> I well, have a couple of friends in Chattanooga, but other than that, I don't really know I, too much. About I actually it. lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee for a short period of time, and uh, uh-huh. I was employed at the Hamilton Place Mall. I worked in the food really? court there. Yeah. Well, huh. Yeah, I'm just a country woman. And I was, one, uh, you know, I heard you talking about the school-aged children, you know, and the teachers and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it bum-fuzzles me because my children are grown, married, grandkids and stuff like that, and they all have a career. And I don't know what has happened to the school system since then. I mean, it's a, most certainly had to have gotten worse you know and, we, and we're kind of seeing this where public school didn't used to be so so bad yeah uh, and now it's kind of just going further and further downhill and i think that's you know true of all of the you know like the, the whole united states i think that's true of yeah, yeah. Uh, one yeah. in one in five high school graduates is functionally illiterate mm-hmm. this, right. is, this isn't one in five students it's one in five graduates so that's yeah. not counting the people who dropped out Right. So I just think they get them in there and shove them out. It, it is a factory of stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to I want to answer your question, Charlotte. Originally, um, uh, Ian is doing fine right now. Uh, his sentencing is coming up a week from tomorrow, so September eleventh oh. in Concord, okay. New Hampshire. So okay. for the moment, he he's okay. We'll find out, okay. you know, what happens on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll let uh, Nikki talk to you about Aria. Yeah. So I actually just saw Aria um, last Friday. So you a went few for days, a visit. Yep. So nice. a few days ago, I went and saw her. Um, and I've been in contact with her, like kind of via email. Um, she's actually doing really well, uh, as well as she can be, given the circumstances. Yeah. But I think yeah. the facility that she's at, um, I think she got pretty. Not like any of this is lucky, but um, as you know, all things considered, I do think that um, that she got pretty lucky with the location that she's in. She does seem to be, you know, happy and doing well. Um, okay. So I'm I'm very glad to report that new boyfriend, okay. whether she wants it or not. <laughs> Hi, Richie. Rich. Hello. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she knew exactly who said that. <laughs> um. Gosh, I was going to say something. That's okay. I, I fluster everyone around here. It's kind of my shtick. You know, uh, about people being on welfare, I'm 79 years old. I live off of a small social security check. Okay. I don't get welfare. I don't get food stamps. And I make it each month. You know, so I don't see it. You are you one know, of the lucky ones then, because there's a lot of people that don't make it each month. Yeah. Hi. Huh? I said you were one of the lucky ones because there's a lot of people that don't make it each month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I just pay my bills and pay my medical bills and my medicine bills, you know, and stuff like that, and I just make it just fine, you know. I think some of that is where you live. You know, why they get by with it because they can be driving a big, fine, fancy car, you know, and have a lot of food stamps and a grocery buggy running over. Yeah. They did a song and about I'm that in the 70s called, like, Welfare Cadillac either. or like, something. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And it took me seven years to pay my car off. Yeah. yeah. That's sure getting did. more difficult, too, because even the prices of cars are going up. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Man. And groceries has gotten so outrageous here. You know, it's just yep. pathetic. You know. We're not a very big town here. Cleveland's not. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
you know, I don't know about the school system anymore because I don't have any little ones. And I worry about what it's going to be like when my grandson, great-grandson, you know, is old enough to go to school. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Everything's crazy. I mean, one of the ancillary problems with the school system is it was designed for industry that no longer exists here. Right. Right. Uh, Charlotte, I, I do have a question for you. Uh, when yes, I when I lived in Chattanooga, in that area, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was a cigarette smoker. And, yeah. and it was more cost-effective for me to drive across the border into Georgia and, yeah. and, and buy cigarettes and then, you know, yeah. bring them back. Is that still the case down there? And it doesn't necessarily yeah, have to be cigarettes, but... Yeah. I don't live that far from the Georgia line. So is it, yeah. is it because of state tax, or I don't remember what the, what the onus was there. Yeah, it was state tax, and uh, groceries, you know, you can go there and get your groceries and not have to pay taxes on your groceries. Ah, uh, okay, so there still yeah, is that. Yeah, we pay taxes, yeah. So, so for our listeners out there, this is called interstate arbitrage. We've got Tom in New Hampshire calling. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of confusion in people's minds because they've been brought up uh, to think uh, that a government somehow is a being that can uh, do certain things. And in Article 1, Section 9 of the U.S. Constitution, the framers uh, saw nothing wrong with uh, describing a state as something that can think. Okay, the state shall think proper to admit. Uh, It's impossible for a state to think. Uh, the, right. the fusion of a land mass and an organization as being uh, the same uh, being that can somehow uh, think or act or uh, such is found in Article 4 of the U.S. Constitution. The exact sentence is, and I quote, a person charged in any state with treason, felony, or other crime who shall flee from justice and be found in another state shall on demand of the executive authority of the state from which he fled be delivered up to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime. Now, focusing on the the 10 words there, the executive authority of the state from which he fled, Mm -hmm. the state from which he fled, that doesn't mean necessarily a prison, but anywhere in a geographical area, anywhere within certain lines on the map, that big land mass is the state from which he fled. The executive authority of the state from which he fled, uh, that's absurd because a land mass has no authority whatsoever. And they're saying the executive authority of the organization with the same name as the land mass. And uh, so this is how the people, even back then, were merging the two things as one in the same and some kind of a being that can even think, according to Article 1, Section 9. Right. You're you're onto something there, and and I've mentioned this recently, too. You'll hear things uh, in court proceedings. Like I I remember this in, uh, I think it was Arya's uh, sentencing, uh, or even during Ian's trial, where the the prosecution or the judge said, well, the state feels. Right. And I'm like, the state doesn't feel anything, you moron. So yeah, it, now, it was it was a much lesser hold on one second, Tom. It was a much lesser charge for me, right? But it was like the state versus rich, okay, for something, for yeah. some nonsense. Um, and I was like, well, under the Constitution, right? I have the right to face my accuser. So I'm like, can I can I add someone to like the subpoena list to bring them in for questioning? Like, who would you like to add? I'm like, 
the state of Hawaii. If it's them versus me, I would like to speak to that person and find out what they're accusing me of. Right. Because the person, you know, the the cop who witnessed the crime or whatever, he was not the accuser. He was a witness to the incident. Right. So he was not the harmed individual. They were saying, like, the harm was caused to the state. All right. Well, let's let's bring them forward. Like, who who can I who how do I subpoena the state? Yeah, it obviously didn't go over too well, but I did it, and it's on the record. Nice. Go ahead, Tom. You drive around the streets, and you see the U.S. Capitol building, and you see the White House, but you never find the government. Now, the thing is, in con- in uh, political debate, by the way, they say something called the will of the people, and that's false. And uh, as the song goes, when I think back on all the crap I learned in high school, it's a wonder I can think at all. Well, one takeaway that I've kept is when my geometry teacher explained, for a statement to be true, it must be true for all cases. Okay, and now if it's be the will of the people, the people being mean the plural of person, then that's not a true statement. This, the, the people strongly support that law. No, I do not. Okay, then that disproves the allegation that the people support that law. If they're talking about a people, such as we the peoples of the United Nations, a people as, you know, a, a whole of, they, the people cannot think, a people cannot support, the people uh, is, you know, just a, a nation, but it cannot think by itself. So yeah, I... Say it's the, the, so you got to remember that that uh, when whenever they say the, the people strongly support that law, no, I do not. Right, and and I think this was best illustrated to me uh, from a man known as Mark Stevens. He used to do a show called the No State Project. Yep, used to listen to that all the time. And uh, what it really boils down to is, factually speaking, the state, whatever version what is it? it is, right? Uh, the state of New Hampshire, factually speaking, is just a piece of paper. That's all that it is, saying that, you know, well, you know, these are the conditions, blah, blah, blah. But it's really just a piece of paper. Or if it is indeed the land, how did I aggress upon the land? Right. Please. Now, the, it, it's the same thing, though, as a check, which is just a piece of paper, but it directs the bank. And by signing and manufacturing that document, the owner of that checking account has authorized the withdrawal of that money. And by uh, manufacturing this document, uh, it is possible that some people authorized the, the government to do certain things, but that's only in the United States Constitution. In that case, uh, only the men who autographed that document right. ever a- actually consented to it. And yes, yeah, some people voted to uh, ratify the Constitution, but all of the people who consented to it are dead now anyway. And to say that, you know, the will of the people uh, is like saying that something, how can it be unconstitutional when the United States Supreme Court upheld it? That's right up there with uh, how can I be overdrawn when I still have some checks left in my checkbook? Another <laughs> another interesting uh, thing that Mark Stevens, I believe, is the first person to point this out, at least in my recollection, yeah. right, is that the signers of the Constitution are not actually signing as party to the document. They're signing in witness thereof. We've got uh, Jerome calling from South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Trump train! Choo-choo! Hello. Hello. How are y'all doing in there? Hey, uh, what's up? We're okay. Hello. Are you eating dinner or something? No, I was trying to... I had y'all on speakerphone. I was trying to take it off speakerphone so uh, I can, like, talk about <laughs> what's on my mind today. What's on your mind today, I Jerome? Trump train. 
No, choo-choo. I don't want to talk. Yeah, right. Anyway, hey, speaking of choo-choo, how about that choo-choo they got in Florida? That that Ron DeSantis, uh, he wants to, he wants the government to help him now. When the people he wants, he wants to help the people, but he doesn't want to meet with President Biden. Though he can't oh, even no. take on I'll Disney. I'll take your money, huh? He can't even take on Disney. Yeah, yeah, I know. Good luck with that with that deal. How much money they got, and how much money he got? Yeah, right. <sighs> yeah, so but what's, what's has... going on? What is he trying to do in Florida? I don't really pay attention to Florida very much. So now, all I know is he's in some kind of you know kerfuffle with uh with Disney. I don't. I don't really know what happened. No, but the, the thing with Biden, he's refusing to meet with Biden? What is he trying to do? Yeah, he didn't want to, well, well, because it would make him look bad to his to his constituents, you know. He's Republican a Republican party. candidate for president. Yeah, bowing down to the, you know, to someone he constantly condemns as doing a lousy job. But when you need help, when you, no, not him, the people need help. He won't do it because that will make him look bad to the Republican Party. Who would like send him talking points so when he gets out in front of the public, he says what they want to hear. By the way, did you hear about old Ramaswamy? Ramaswamy, Swami, Swami, Swami? Did you hear about him? I don't think there's that much. Go ahead. I don't know who you're talking about. Some network wanted him to give them money so they could make him look good, you know. I'm sure. Give him more. uh, Yeah, he's a politician. All tyrants. Yeah, more favorable talk, you know. I think he's also a billionaire. He doesn't need the money. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, either way, there's a lot of people who love that guy. A lot of libertarian folks who love that guy. I'm sick of those people. I don't see it. Everything I see on his Twitter, he's just like, this guy is not for freedom. Oh, because he said he likes Ron Paul and he's going to pardon. I I think he might have said he's going to pardon Snowden and like a couple other people. That's that's great. I would I, I think whoever is president should absolutely do those things. That's great. Um, Get Ross Albrecht everything, on that list. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he was on that list. Okay. Um, but either way, it's like oh, every. So he. Okay. So this guy said a couple of cool things. Everything else he says is absolute trash. Right. So why are we settling for tyrants? Yeah, you should. He's a politician. The He's going to lie and cheat and steal to get climb his uh, slimy way up to the top. So the these libertarians who are supportive of any of these tyrants really uh, are falling are falling into the same exact trap. And Jerome, I'm sorry to use you as an example here, but falling into the same trap as Jerome. They're yep. they're latching onto this stuff because it's in their news cycle, mm-hmm. right? It's the news they pay attention Turn to, it off. right? Because uh, it's receiving attention in their feeds, mm-hmm. right? It's on their mind. So now Vivek is living rent free inside their heads because he said something that might kind of align with libertarianism. Well, and he came to the state and gave some speeches, right? right? They're making they're making the rounds. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, right? It's in the news cycle, and yeah. so therefore you're hearing more about it. And sadly, libertarians can't seem to break away from the uh, what do I want to call it the. Um, the fad, the virality yeah. of you know the news cycle. They're falling for the trick, and that's the, right. the same thing with the Kennedy guy. He's right. like an it's anti-vaxxer, and they're like, "Oh, he's an anti-vaxxer. We have so much in common. I love this guy." No, he's a politician. Everything else he believes in is crap. Yeah. So why do you care? Honestly, I don't care if somebody's an anti-vaxxer or not. That means nothing to me. How is that the most important thing? Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. 
I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, Jerome got me to thinking about, uh, he's called in talking about all the politics. As far as, uh, <clears throat> oh, who's DeSantis and Disney? Yeah. I yeah. guess Disney's market share has fell $196 billion. Really? I don't think that has well, anything think, to do with I DeSantis. That's a pretty, you know, because ever since they started supporting this uh, gay agenda and whatnot. That might have more to do with it than DeSantis. Well, and also let's not forget that they purchased Marvel and then proceeded to... Uh, completely destroy it? I mean, not completely, but they're certainly doing a good job at trying to turn it into something it never was. And Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, old Elon's doing a pretty good job killing Twitter, too, from what I understand. It's not even called Twitter but, uh, anymore. He already killed it. Just X. Oh, oh, yeah, no one oh, calls oh, it that, though. Oh, oh, well, old Joe Biden tell people you're on X. Demanding another four billion from Congress to save the American people from all of these um, hurricanes and wildfires and whatnot, but he wants twenty-four billion to send to the Ukraine. <laughs> wars are more now, expensive. Wars are more expensive. It ain't our damn war. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Well, yeah. whose war is it then? It's the Ukrainians and the Russians and the Poles. Uh, and Finland and whoever's next door are going to be consumed by the Russians. And if, and if, if your neighbor came to you and said, together, hey, Captain, give me, or, or hey, Major, give me some money, you wouldn't give him some money? As a good friend and no. neighbor? I'm not their neighbor. And well, no, but if you friend, had a neighbor. I've never met any one of them. They're okay. thousands of miles away. They're people I've never met. All right. Uh, and, like, I mean, to the extent that. Uh, like people in Florida and Hawaii, I, these are people I've never met, right? Like personally, I've never yeah. even been to Hawaii. I've been to Florida, so I might know some. I know some people who have family in Florida, so I might, you know, sort of fiduciarily care or at least uh, inquire with my friends that I know have family in Florida and be like, "Hey, is your family okay?" Right? I might go that far as to inquire. Did anybody I know die? I don't care. Right now, uh, yeah. it, absent. Yeah, I think I agree with your stance on that one. Yeah. Absent the government, if something tragic happened somewhere, uh, you know, hurricane in Florida, fire in Hawaii, whatever, and somebody was like, oh, my gosh, some people, you know, need some relief. Uh, We put up a GoFundMe or whatever. You know, here's a hotline you can call and make a donation or whatever. I might be inclined to do so depending on, you know, my mood, my financial well-being, uh, you know, do I have some vested interest in that, you know, or do I just feel like being a nice person because it feels good to give, right? Yeah. I might give some. Now, so what I won't back do... back to the rebuilding of Ukraine. What I won't do is voluntarily give money to people to murder each other. Oh. Right? Uh, instead, that money is taken from me without my consent and used to do so. By well, whoever the uh, the puppet in chief is at any given moment, whether it's Biden or Trump or uh, Obama or Carter or Clinton or Bush one or Bush two, Lord forbid Bush three. Jeb, coming back at you. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think in regards to using the government as a, you know, a, a mechanism to institute different charities, first of all, a lot of nonprofit type charities take a lot of the money. You know, they say they're nonprofit, yeah. but they, they take a lot of the money. And you can imagine that the government is even worse at doing that, right? So any money that, uh, any taxpayer dollars that is going towards anything, you can assume a lot is being skimmed off the top. Yeah, the bigger the organization, the worse. Right. The way charity organizations work, if they're official, like 501c3s, for example, is uh, they will take in donations. Uh, They don't work like a corporation does in where their primary motive is profit, However, they do have what they call operating expenses, and that includes employee salaries. So they will have a CEO, if you will, a leader of of the nonprofit organization, making who will, half a million a year, who perhaps. will demand you know some sort of a salary commensurate with other leaders of these types of organizations, and then they have all the administrative people, the employees that are hired, plus right. all the expenses of that. They got to probably have an office somewhere, so, maintain some equipment, all that kind of thing. So you're right; they do take yeah. uh, a, a bit of that. All that money doesn't so, go to the people who need it; it goes to the administrative costs of those organizations. Yeah. So if I don't like that, then I can choose not to donate when i go to the grocery store and they're like can i have a dollar i can say no right uh and what i can do i mean so speaking of hawaii there is a local business somewhere in a small town in new hampshire where my sister lives and it's called island bowls Mm -hmm. and they they're they're from hawaii yeah or they're from maui and um they are accepting money and they are donating it to people they know personally who were affected Slaughterbots are here. I thought that was a movie. RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the picture from the from the TV over there or whatever that is, computer. Yeah. And uh, it looks like yeah, monitor, whatever it is. Uh, I feel like a boomer right it, now. I'm it's like, also you know, ironically you know, a magic the, uh, rectangle. So. The computer over there. Um, it, but it it does look like a um a an advertisement for a movie. Like it okay. seems like I'm I'm sitting in the movie theater right now and it's like slaughterbots are here. So this from autonomousweapons.org. Slaughter release. Slaughterbots are here. The era in which algorithms decide who lives and who dies is upon us. We must act now to prohibit these weapons. So are you sure this isn't a movie advertisement? I'm telling you, it's RoboCop. They did this in RoboCop. This is like the the start of RoboCop. The autonomous bot, right, programmed to take down criminals, goes haywire and kills innocent people. Uh, History is in the the making. Latin America and the Caribbean Conference on the Social and Humanitarian Impact of Autonomous Weapons. This will be the first ever regional conference on autonomous weapons outside of the CCW. I don't know what that is. As long as they're testing hosted, it out on brown people first. Hosted by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Worship in conjunction with the Foundation for Peace and Democracy in Costa Rica. Anyway, that's an okay. ad for those guys. What are lethal autonomous weapons? Slaughterbots, also known as lethal autonomous weapon systems, LAWS. 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 Lethal autonomous weapons systems. I yeah, don't think sounds... this is a coincidence. Not at all. No. Lethal Autonomous Weapons Systems, or killer robots... Listen to the laws. Are You must obey the laws. There you go. The Lethal Autonomous Weapons Systems. 
Uh, these are weapons that use artificial intelligence to identify, select, and kill human targets without human intervention. Whereas in the case of unmanned military drones, the decision to take life is made remotely by a human operator. Oh, so this is only war zone deployment then. We don't have to worry about this coming to our streets. <laughs> Never. Are you kidding? Have you, have you not seen the request uh, from California law enforcement to arm their robots? No, no I'm aware. Okay. Uh, in the case of lethal autonomous weapons, however, the decision to kill humans is made by the algorithms alone. Slaughterbots are pre-programmed to kill a specific target profile, quote-unquote. Oh, okay, yeah. Minorities. Yeah. <laughs> the weapon is then deployed into an environment where its AI searches for that specific mm. target profile using censored data such as facial recognition. He fits uh. the description. Yeah. Yeah, how is this different than the regular cops? Oh, I, I, I maintain it's probably worse, but yeah, we'll see. When the weapon encounters someone the algorithm perceives to match the target profile, it fires and it kills. Okay. Sounds safe. So what's the problem? No justice, no arrest, no trial. So these are the um, the stormtroopers that are going to be manning the AI drones? Except these have good or aim. Or whatever they are. These have good aim. Yeah. Weapons that use algorithms to kill rather than human judgment are immoral and a grave threat to national and global security. Number one, immoral. Algorithms are incapable of comprehending the value of human life, and so they should never be empowered to decide who lives and who dies. Indeed, the United Nations Secretary, General Antonio Guterres, agrees that Machines with the power and discretion to take lives without human involvement are politically unacceptable, morally repugnant, and should be prohibited by international law. They're going to use the law to fight the laws. The law. Yeah. I kind of want to... Uh, um, all right. Uh, go ahead. Someone calculates what a human life is worth. Like economists do it all the time. Yep. Right? They, they figure it out and they come up with a number. Yep. Right, and people don't like the number because, like, oh, you can't put a value on a human life. Yeah, your life is worth one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. But they like do that. it all the time. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not objecting too harshly to an algorithm doing it, either. Uh, well, like what's the difference? Well, an algorithm calculating the value of life is one thing. An algorithm uh, following instructions to kill a human being based on some data given to it. Well, I object to that, obviously. Right. But, cal you know, they're trying to make it like, oh, the algorithm can't calculate a human life and therefore shouldn't take it. But humans calculate human life and decide whether or not they're going to take it as well. Right. But humans have been known to change their mind in the heat of battle. Okay. Like we've all heard of the drone operator that just can't pull the trigger. I've also heard of like Ford not you know, changing a part on a vehicle because the lawsuits were going to be cheaper than the, you know, the change. That's so. true. Yeah. What is racist is a lot of those AI facial recognition things. Yeah. Actually struggle separating black folk. Like that's documented. Well, because they were programmed by white folk, right? I get why. <laughs> that's totally why. No, it's not. No, it's that's why it's the because the program by white people. I, I mean, don't know how to program like, in there. I don't know what the actual uh, ethnic makeup of computer programmers is, but I I would I'm be willing. It's white. I would be Mostly willing. White and Indian. I, I would. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I'd be willing to bet it's not even half white. Okay, 
Uh, I'm just saying that from anecdotal experience, having worked in tech companies and like when you got to go talk to the developers, like sure, customer service might be, you know, English speaking customer service might be all light uh, or tech support or even QA for that matter. But you go to the devs and like they're from all over the place, man. Okay. Um, And, you know, multi-ethnic, multi-racial. You would think they would be able to separate out black folks. I would think so. So I, you know, I have I have no explanation for why that occurs in technology. Okay, uh, but you accept that it does. I, yeah, I've okay. seen data that seems to point to the fact that yes, indeed, facial recognition uh, has a problem separating persons of color, specifically uh, those that we call black. Fair. Okay. Yeah. And then now this. No, I'm not saying it's fair. Okay, well, <laughs> but, but I accept the way you the, phrased it. I accept the fair. data points to that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like you were, I just said black, and you went a roundabout way to get to basically the same thing. Right. Right. Okay. Right. But so, I, I was trying to explain how I did arrive at okay. the conclusion. Like I yeah. saw some data. He's showing his said, work yeah, with uh, the arithmetic. Long, long division. I'm yeah. just skipping to the end. Yeah. But I so you. you have you have software that can't separate them. Yeah. Right. And then you put this in there to eliminate them. Yeah. Well, and like there's already wearable technology designed to obfuscate facial recognition. Okay. Uh, you can get a full face uh, balaclava. That does the thing. I'm trying to remember what uh, comic book it was where the thing just moves around all the time. It's like a white splotch. Oh, uh, uh, Watchmen? Yeah, Watchmen, yeah. Rorschach. 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 Yeah. Uh, And so the thing just sort of moves around. Uh, There's other ones that, um, like, they appear to be a solid color to humans, but to the facial recognition sensors, uh, it gives off all sorts of different things. It reflects in a different way, and it confuses them so that, you know, you're not getting recognized. Um, and there's there's something else I can't remember what it is. There's a certain type of fabric that's being used. Uh, also, uh, recently deployed uh, has been the actual cloak of invisibility. Okay. Right? This is a you know a piece of fabric that you wrap yourself in, and it somehow uh, intelligently derives what the environment you're in looks like, and makes it impossible for somebody to see that you're there. Yeah, like in uh, Harry Potter. Just like in Harry Potter and many things before it, right? Uh, This is not a new imagined thing. But, like, the reality is that science is catching up to science fiction. As it does. Slaughterbots are here. This is not something out of Terminator. I mean, maybe it is, but, like, it is real, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas Terminator was fiction, uh, slaughterbots are nonfiction. Terms like slaughterbots and killer robots remind people of science fiction movies like The Terminator, which features a self-aware human-like robot assassin. This fuels the assumption that lethal autonomous weapons are of the far future, but that is incorrect. In reality, weapons which can be autonomously, I'm sorry, in reality, weapons which can autonomously select target and kill humans already exist. A 2021 report by the UN Panel of Experts on Libya documented the use of a lethal autonomous weapon system hunting down retreating forces. Since then, there have been numerous reports of swarms and other autonomous weapon systems being used on battlefields around the world. The accelerating rate of these use cases is a clear warning that the time to act is quickly running out. Or past, if it's already being deployed, like the moment is missed. They do have some uh, additional information. I mean, they're turning drones, you know, they're getting rid of, like, fireworks and turning those into, like, drone light shows, right? So can you imagine a swarm of synchronous drones 
just raining fire on wherever they're targeting. Right. And the thing about drones, too, is like they don't have to be big. They can be small, but if they operate in a large enough quantity, they can actually be more damaging than a large drone. Yeah. Right. Uh, They can, you know, shield a portion of the swarm from, you know, any sort of counterattack. Yep. Uh, while it's happening, they can break up into, you know, multiples. They can, you know, instead of being one big swarm, they can be two smaller swarms or multiple smaller swarms, depending on the number involved in the swarm already. It's harder to shoot them down because yeah. you got to shoot all of them down. Right. Yeah. Uh, imagine being attacked by uh, millions of deadly bumblebees, right? That's harder to defend than being shot at by or having a bomb dropped on you, right? Okay. I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I... Okay. Continue. Uh, they have a couple of links here for like the first documented use. I think use. I could outrun bumblebees more than I outrun a bomb. Yeah, but- the bomb does sound a little <laughs> bit more dramatic. Have you not seen the episode of Black Mirror where they have the swarm of the... No. So, all yeah, right, in, okay. in the episode... I was thinking maybe like a hawk. In the episode, uh, they, they do a take on... Uh, we all know the bee population is dwindling, and there's some people who are concerned because the bees got to pollinate the the flowers of the plants in order for the plants to do their thing. And if yeah. the bees die off, well, we're not going to have any food. Yeah. Right? Or it's a ba- bee movie. It's, it's, it's basically, right, basically the assumption here. So what happens is uh, some you know upcoming tech company invents uh, drone bees. They did that, yeah. Right? And so now these drones are you know released out into the wild, and they go around pollinating plants or whatever. Yeah. And of course... The tech company had to uh, leave a uh, a back door, if you will, for the government to you know have some sort of you know use the bees sensors right to you know whatever whatever it needed to do to spy on people or whatever the hell it was going to do, and so somebody hacked this new technology and started uh, it would put up a, a thing on social media and have people vote on who should die. Should it be this guy, that guy, or the other guy, or why? And it was always like a celebrity or somebody in the news, right? Oh, this person made the news. Uh, Who do you want to die? And they'd vote on this, and then the swarm would go and attack that person. That's crazy. Um, This isn't, I mean, this is Charlie Brooker from five, seven years ago, right? But this stuff is available now. No, I've heard about the pollinating drones. Right. So, like, this is no longer science fiction, is what I'm saying. Uh, they have a couple of links here that say first documented use of a lethal autonomous weapon, March of 2021, and the first documented use of a drone swarm in combat, June of 2021. Um, they ask the question, of course, what's being done about it? Well, nothing. Complaining. The International Committee of the Red Cross position, uh, we do not need to be resigned to an inevitable future with slaughterbots. The global community has successfully prohibited classes of weaponry in the past. From biological weapons to landmines, both of which exist. So their their prohibition didn't really do anything. Yeah, they're not really doing a good job. Uh, And with those efforts, the International Committee of the Red Cross recommends that states adopt new legally binding rules to regulate lethal autonomous weapons. Importantly, the International Red Cross does not recommend a prohibition of all military applications of AI, only of specific types of autonomous weapons. There are... Many applications of military AI already in use that do not raise such concerns, such as automated missile defense systems. What they have to do is wait for all of the larger militaries to get their hands on the technology and build up an armory of these things, mm-hmm. right, and then prohibit everyone else from doing so as well. We've got Gigi calling from South Carolina. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Oh, excuse me. You for put down the bong, Gigi. Here, everyone. Good evening. Take I have a bit of information I hope will assist the gentleman who called about he and his wife with the cat. Oh, the oh, HOA. Nice. Yeah, thank you. I am not living in his municipality, so it's a different jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. However, I feel it's always important to help because knowledge is power and don't let anyone screw you over. I love okay. It. So what Pardon? do you know, Gigi? Yeah, I can barely hear you guys. Is it my phone or the mm-hmm. connection? It might be the connection. We can hear you just fine, so go ahead. Okay, perfect. And last week, I thought my time was up. That's why I hung up, and my husband said, <laughs> they're calling you, Gigi. Where are you? <laughs> uh, it's all right. It happens Sorry all the time. about that, guys. No okay. worries. You're keeping For us in suspense. gentleman who called, and I conversed with my husband prior to calling the show just now as well, mm-hmm. it is known in the legal community as detrimental reliance when you rely upon something in good faith prior to in other words this gentleman had already established residency living in the condo therefore bylaws after the fact cannot be enforced legally because if you rely upon it and it's to your detriment it ain't gonna work it's not kosher and good luck in the HOO attempting to enforce something after the fact when this gentleman had already established his residency, I mean, either as the owner or a leaser, if, a sub-renter, if whatever board, you want to call it. board of directors it, in the HOA aren't so the allowed to change anything. detrimental reliance, and it would be very, very difficult for okay. an HOA to enforce a bylaw or bylaws, whatever the fact may be, after the fact. He should not worry. Okay. Richie Rich, you had something to say? Well, I mean, uh, HOAs have board of directors, and they're there to do a thing, right? And if they're not allowed to, like, make changes to the rules, Mm -hmm. then functionally, what is their purpose? And... If the rule changes don't affect anyone in the HOA, well, what is the, the point? The phrase that all of you were using earlier, grandfathered in, yeah. is not only an acceptable legal argument for residential purposes, but it's also used professionally within many employment entities. So, so the board of directors of an HOA, when they change the rules of the HOA, that only affects people who join new after the people. fact. Okay. People coming in with a brand new purchase of the condo okay. or leasing it from a condo owner, those are the individuals that will then be affected. Yes, they can make new changes. Yes, they can make new bylaws. However, you cannot be... Doesn't that make enforcement difficult? To your detriment prior to the fact. So it's for new purchasers and new residents. I mean, theoretically, then, if you have like a nine unit HOA, right, you have nine separate bylaws that everyone is operating under? Say that again. I don't hear you. 
Uh, I said theoretically you have a, you have an HOA with nine units, nine houses participating in the HOA. Okay. Right, and everyone came in at a different time, so everyone is operating under a different set of bylaws. That is absolutely correct. So there's no Just uniformity like when a across new the rules. Owner of an apartment building okay. or a duplex or sure. a house takes over so how the do you, existing lease for the renter I got or it. rentors. I got it, but how do you, inf- still how do you in enforce nine different sets of rules? Expires. How do you how do you enforce nine different sets of rules? It seems like by it would be an enforcement lease. nightmare. By the oh, lease so it's agreement, per lease. by the date of purchase and or yeah. entering unit for subleasing. Yeah. That's so what so it, someone, everyone that's has what a different contract. Upon. Right. So someone that who comes in there and they're exactly like, well, you can't correct. have a cat. Yeah. Right. I go like, well, he's got a cat. And I go like, well, like, he well, signed his like six months ago. So you, you, he can have a cat. You well, can't. that is yeah. what's known as being grandfathered in as well as the legal phrase detrimental reliance and it also works for credit cards and consumers that is a federal law you just heard highlights from the latest episode of free talk live you can download full episodes subscribe to our podcast listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com